FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 292 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Smacky Venable. I need cake to help me get through this moment. <laughs> Let her eat cake. I'm pregnant. These comics were meh. And I want cake. They were arranged. Comics were arranged. They were arranged. And what comics are we talking about? Well, it's time for Hunt for Wolverine Round 2. Shh, I'm hunting for Wolverines. Hunting for Wolverines. That's right, we're going to cover all of the number twos for the Hunt for Wolverine miniseries. That's Weapon Lost. We got your Adamantium Agenda. We got your The Claws of the Killer. And we have your Mystery Imagipore. You made that title sound way more fascinating than it <laughs> <laughs> We will see. We will see. So, yeah. And we don't really have any news this week or anything. So, um, we're just going to jump right to the comics. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Well, so first up in our Hunt for Wolverines, we have Hunt for Wolverine, Leffen, Leffen, Wast, Leffen, Wast. Is that a tongue twister? <laughs> yes. Weapon Wasp number one. Um, it's written by Charles Soule, art by Matteo Bafagni, colors by Jim Caralopidis, letters by VCs Josephino, and the cover is by Greg Land. Shh. I'm sorry. Jay. Shh. Listen. And Romulo Fajardo Jr. And on this cover, we have our Weapon Wasp crew. And Which includes Daredevil, Misty Knight, Cipher, <laughs> and Frank. Yes. <laughs> Mr. McGee. And they're walking through an alley and there's a upside down lawnmower maybe. <laughs> what is that? It's too little to be a car, I think. I don't think this is forced perspective. Um, yeah, but there's like a Wolverine cow. Yeah, there's a, there's a pike with a... A hard Wolverine cow, so mm. not the not the soft one. This is the more what almost what you would think of if he actually wore the cow in a movie, which you know maybe we'll get to see one day. But oh, it's true. We've never seen him wear one, have we? Yeah. No, but this is kind of the the M- MCU style adaptation of Wolverine's helmet because it is really helmet esque. It is, but everything... it looks pretty rad, though. I think. Everything around it looks like somebody turned over a dumpster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Which makes me wonder if Wolverine threw away his cowl. Possibly, yeah. But it landed nice on that pike, Lord of the Flies style. Um, yeah. Oh, what do you think of the cover? I think it's pretty great. I actually really like it. However. Yeah. However. I'm not digging Cypher. And I think it's because they tried to hide him in Daredevil's armpit. <laughs> Well, he's not very visually interesting. And Land, um, 
it's not the only time he'll do this in this on these covers. He kind of has like, oh, this is my version of the character. It doesn't really match what the character is like in the book. Right. Because right now Cypher's all like Long homeless. Hair, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and here is just regular, slightly older than New Mutants days, Doug Ramsey. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so he's he found a magic time machine in this alley. Though he does look very dejected. So I guess we're playing on the the whole addiction thing but yeah no he doesn't look well wouldn't like you be dejected if you had to smell daredevil's armpit i bet he smells great mm-hmm. you know and here's why because he has hypersenses so i think he's really he really goes to the trouble of like using good deodorant and taking lots of showers so he doesn't smell himself yeah but they're in the back alley <laughs> in a dumpster <laughs> well, i like how mcgee's going all csi miami <laughs> Who's Misty Knight pointing to? I don't think she's pointing. She has a gun. Oh. It just looked like a piece of trash without oh. my glasses <laughs> on. Yeah. Yeah. But Mr. McGee, uh, Mr. McGee is, is pulling his gl- shades down in the alley. Like, uh, what's the guy's name? Oh, from CSI Miami? Yeah, what's his name? I have no idea. Huh. I don't either. I bet the character's name will come to me, but I'm I can't remember the actor's name. Um Yeah, I don't either. Oh well. Whatever. I'm sure he has some cool tough line to say in this alley, just like that guy does. Oh yeah. Caruso? Jim Jimmy Car I don't know. That sound right? Something like that. To be honest, I don't really care, so I don't know why we're spending so much time on this. It is at its best times a mediocre show. Um, yeah, but those one-liners are snappy. <laughs> says you and Stan Lee. <laughs> says me and homemade frosting. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, oh goodness, here she goes, Aaron. Just for you, you and Georgie, the giggle fest. Oh my! We can't even record anymore without you turning beet red. Are you gonna snort? We're like less than ten minutes in. Less. We haven't even talked about a comic book yet. I'm curious. After I have this baby, will I ever laugh at all? No, probably not. We'll just cry incessantly. What have we done? Whose idea was this? <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'll never go to a concert again. Hey, we've resigned ourselves to the fact that we'll have no life for the next 18 <laughs> 20 years. years. Yeah, right. Mm, that's fun. That's why I have this podcast. <laughs> you guys are my only hope. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we shouldn't say that. Our boys might listen to this later on. One day. And they'll understand our sense of humor. I hope so. Because they're already sarcastic. <laughs> little sons of guns. Um, just like us. They come They come by very, very naturally. I was, who, who was I talking to? I was talking to somebody. Oh, one of my, one of my peers at work, one of the other su- uh, supervisors. And um, we are talking about kids and... Oh, so when I I took off Ethan's birthday, and my I always send an invite when I go on PTO, so people know I'm out. Like the people that need to know. Right. Um, 
<laughs> in my, in my uh, invite, I put, um, so tomorrow I'll be, I'll graduate from being the dad of a tween to officially being the dad of a preteen. And I said, thoughts and prayers appreciated. This <laughs> is so one of my friends, one of my peers, uh, email or IM me. I was like, I'm praying for you, Jason. I was like, yep, yep. And so we, we started talking about kids because she has, oh gosh, I think her boys are either like 11 and 7 or or 12 and 9, something like somewhere. She has a boy around Ethan's age, maybe a little right. bit younger. Anyway, um, I should know that. I, I, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, we're talking about boys and having kids and, and what it's like. And we're just talking about kind of attitude and stuff like that. And I, I was telling her that that Ethan has the double dose of our sarcasm. <laughs> but he doesn't have the life experience to develop the filter yet. Right. And so <laughs> he doesn't really know like when to use it and when not to use it. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of where he gets in trouble sometimes. Um but yeah, but that'll come. That'll come with time, hopefully. Yes, and then I feel sorry for his significant other. <laughs> right. But hopefully they'll be as sarcastic as I am. Oh gosh, can you imagine family outings if he? Hey, as long as it's fun, sarcasm is all right. As long as it's our sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Well, anyway, weapon lost number two. Um, remember this story started off last time with um, this team coming together. They're going to look for Wolverine, and they found Cypher. He was addicted to the Internet, but he was able to pull out all these kind of pieces of data about Wolverine sightings. Right. And so they're going to try to follow him, and there's a bunch, a whole bunch, and that's kind of where we start off here. Um, So they're in, like, this inhuman ship over uh, Pennsylvania, and they're... They're really trying to figure out, like, I, I guess it's either, is it Daredevil or Misty who has our internal dialogue? I think it's Daredevil. And he's talking about how, like, most investigators, you know, whether this is kind of a group of PIs slash Daredevils, you know, he's a warrior hero, so he has that investigative skill set. Um, talking about how, you know, this usually leads run dry or, or go right. cold, and that every investigator has the one case with the lead that just went nowhere. And he's saying, now we have the opposite problem. We have, like, so many leads and so many of them are going to be unreliable that, like, how do you how do you sift through this and find a starting point? Right. And so they kind of task Cypher with that, and he's like, give me a phone. Give me a phone. And they eventually agree, and they kind of monitor his phone time, and he's able to kind of... Well, they have leads. Like, they've searched social media, but they there's no filters on it. So they're getting right. everything. Yeah, everything, like, made-up stuff. Yeah, so Cypher's like, you give me a phone, and I can filter out, like, the last six months. Right. Um, what's kind of fake news, you know, and whatnot. So they're like, all right, but just for five minutes. Yeah. I feel like it's, <laughs> when I read this, it reminded me of Ethan when we say, you're grounded from your iPad. And he'll go, how am I supposed to log in my tuba time? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, you get five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Right. Yeah, no, it's a lot. Uh, Cypher is a lot like a teenager here. Um, so anyway, Daredevil thinks he uh, picks up some sexual tension between Frank and Misty Knight. Um, they talk about their priorities. 
And we go to this Ranger Outpost number nine in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, maybe? Is that right, Pat? Yeah, there you go. That one. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's up in Canada, and there's this, this outpost, and there's this these people in this cabin, and they're like, I think he's coming back. So then we go to Manhattan. Uh, so it's funny because they kind of play on those Where's Wolverine scenes. Right. There's that one in Thor um, where Wolverine came to bring Jane flowers because he had probably never met her before that we knew of. <laughs> But anyway, okay. anyway, um, so he brought her flowers. So here they are investigating that, and they're trying to ask the lady at the hospital, like, hey, this guy in the cowboy hat that brought flowers, and she's like, I can't say anything. And because you know, they're saying, like, we're not cops, so you have no right to be here. Uh, but Daredevil's listening in with his lie detector hearing. It's like, she's telling the truth. Then we go to Phoenix, and I think this is the same bar from our first Where's Wolverine scene in Captain America where he where Steve was playing pool and then he left and at the end Wolverine comes in and they're like, oh, I just missed him. Right. Um, so I think it's that same bar and no one wants to cooperate. So <laughs> my favorite part about this is so this guy uh, has started kind of risen through the ranks of the, the little local bar biker game. gangs, yeah, yeah, by saying he survived a Wolverine attack. And he lifts up his shirt, like, see, look, th- yeah. this is what happened, but I kicked his ass. Yeah, but Frank's like, uh, you have four claws here, and uh, Wolverine only has three claws. He's like, uh-uh. <laughs> but no, 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 he says, I know you haven't, because you have four claw marks, and then the guy tries to attack him, and Frank holds his hand. And he goes, "All right, I'm sure you've had time now to Google it. Right, How yeah. many?" <laughs> right. So all the other guys in the back are like on their phone, and they're like, "Oh yeah, three claws says right here. Yeah, yeah three. <laughs> all right." And then Frank knocks the guy out. He's like dead end. Um, so then we go to Chi Town, Chicago. Misty's talking to this guy, um, who actually says, "No, I was mistaken. I put up the tweet." I realized, oh, wait, that probably wasn't really him, and I took it down, so sorry for wasting your time. Like He was apologetic, right. felt bad, um, <laughs> thinks he's getting uh, drugged through the cold, so he just wants to get out. So we go back to the cabin, a three-clawed hand busts through the door, um, then we go back to the plane. Um, they get a new hit from the cabin of someone saying they're being attacked. By three-clawed man. Uh-oh. Yeah, so our team skedaddles up there to the Great White North. And they get there, and everything's dark. And they go inside the cabin. They tell Cypher to stay at the ship. <coughs> and they go inside the cabin, and everybody's dead. Except for, aye, someone in the distance is not dead. And they run after her, and they find her. But now she's dead. And Daredevil's like, ah, oh, crap. And he follows the footsteps to the edge of the cliff and realizes... He's not hunting anyone. No, they're being hunted. They're being hunted. And the predator is picking off the weakest prey. And Daredevil's like, ah, crap. Yeah, and then, so Cypher's like, oh, what's going on, man? And he goes in the cabin, and he finds a phone. He's like, oh, sweet phone. Mm, And he tries to to smooch with it. And then we get a schlick, and... Someone says, I know your gimmick languages. 
You speak all the languages. And so, a possible potential Wolverine uh, sliced his throat. So, poor Cypher. I didn't even know he was alive. <laughs> yeah, he's not. And then, in the second issue, looks like he might be dead again. So, have fun with that. Yeah, but, but the the so-called Wolverine, we're leaving it ambiguous, I'm assuming, because we don't know if it's truly Wolverine. Yeah, I have, I have a theory that I'm worried about, but we'll, we'll talk about that at the very end, so don't let me forget. Okay, I have a theory, too, so don't let me forget. You want to save it for, like, the end or just the end of this book? Mm, after... After I read this book, I developed the theory, and then I felt like the other books were promoting my Uh, thought process. Why don't you go now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Lay it down. Lay it on us. So my thought process is, however Wolverine got out of his little adamantium cocoon. Adamantium. Adamantium. That's what happens when you eat too much sugar. It's the podcast that goes next. That's one of the few words I will insist on you saying right. <laughs> uh-huh. So his little cocoon. Uh-huh. <laughs> metal cocoon. Metal cocoon. Mm-hmm. It's a death metal band. Metal I, cocoon. My theory is... is can I please tell my theory? You are. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm getting interrupted. <laughs> My mm-hmm. theory is, however, he got out of the metal cocoon. Of the metal cocoon, <laughs> he's now evil Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, possibly. And if that's where they're going, which would make sense because his flame claws. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag hot claws. Mm-hmm. No, that's a horrible. Horrible name. Well, Twitter has already decided, so. <laughs> Hashtag red lobster claws. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, this guy doesn't appear to have hot claws, so. Or at least he's not using them. No, but it just, I that whole. Yeah. Tabasco claws. All right, and so we saw the guy, the Wolverine that returned in the one shot. And he was obviously pretty dark and in a dark place. Right. Um, so this this kind of fits with that, you know, someone who might be under someone's control, right, or whatever. But anyway, so we'll or see if Cipher is really dead. So, or but my one of the th- thoughts I had was that at some point he went on a full on berserker and he just never got out of it. Possibly. Or that it pushed him to the dark side. Yeah. Or he just wasn't whole when he came back. Like he's missing yeah, part, a part of, of his, his soul, soul or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right, well, this book in particular, what did you think of the art? I thought it was okay. Kay. Um, I didn't hate it, but I didn't overly love it either. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Not awesome, but good. So... Yeah, what did you think of the story overall? I'm digging this story. Um, I wish it would move a little faster. I'm kind of glad they got rid of Cypher. Uh, I just didn't feel like they were giving him whatever he needed to 
to be. And I get that he was homeless and addicted to the internet, which to me is really bizarre, but you know, whatever. It's the right. comic books. But um, <laughs> I don't know. They kind of treated him like he was too. So the fact that he might be gone might be a good thing because now they might go, man, we should have been nice to him early on. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I, um, I liked it. I just... Oh, this, yeah, I thought it was a good story. I I thought... The I interaction between Daredevil, Misty, and Frank was... Spot a on. A good part of the story, yeah. and the rest was just kind of, eh. Yeah. I... I liked it. I didn't hate it, but I also didn't finish it going, oh my gosh, that was so good. Right. So... Right. Anyway. All right. Well, um, Aaron shared his thoughts. So thank you, Aaron, for writing in. Um, he said that weapon loss number two was a letdown. Not much to say. Art was mediocre. Almost no action, which is right. That left it really boring, and the end was a weak cliffhanger. So he gave it two out of six claws. And he, oh, wow. And he came down quite a bit, because remember, he was just a little bit higher than us on number one. Right. he gave it five claws, and we both gave it four. Yeah. So, I think I'm definitely going to come down, but I don't know how... What are you going to give Weapon Loss number two? So, I'm going to give it three out of six claws. Just because it's so... Like I said, I didn't finish it and go, oh, this is awesome. I can't wait for the next one. But I didn't think it was bad either. And so, I, I feel like it's possibly filler. We need this to get to the next level. So, Hence why I gave it a three. Plus, while I enjoyed some of the art, I didn't enjoy all of the art. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it three out of six claws. I don't, I don't mind. Uh, I agree with Aaron. There's really not much action. That didn't bother no. me as much because it is kind of the detective. And I feel like this is like the, you know, if if you look at all four issues as one thing. Right. Like this is a part of the story where it would make sense to kind of slow down and do the follow the leads and do kind of right. hop the globe and look for stuff, so gather your clues. So I don't, I didn't mind that from a pacing perspective, but I do agree with him. It wasn't, it was interesting, but not super interesting to me. And right. so I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to give it a three out of six claws. Yeah. I think it's. It was all if the art had been, if I enjoyed the art a little more, I could maybe bump it up to a four. Right. And really, you know, it's interesting because usually colors will save a book. I actually thought the colors hindered uh, it. Took this. I mean, it was a little too muddy for yeah. me. Yeah. I know they were trying to be like dark and gritty. Yeah, but but it was almost the difference between gritty and murky, and this just seemed murky. Well, and. <coughs> When I read this book, I read it in bed with just the overhead light on, which, you know, our room's kind of big. So with one little ceiling fan light on, um, if you're holding a book up to you, it casts a shadow. It can. Yeah, it's hard to read in here sometimes. And so I kept finding myself like trying to lean over to like (laughs) let the light shine on the page so I could see what was going on. And it it was funny because part of me was like, oh, this is awful. But it was awful because I was having to bend over. <laughs> <laughs> right, and the experience was awful. Right, and um, but you're right; it was very muddy. Yeah, I, I, the parts in the cabin, which I know are supposed to be kind of concealed, 
but it was to the point that it was kind of hard to see what was happening or going on. And I don't think that was all like pencils. I think some of that was just just the color work. But um, anyway, I I think the story is still fine, but it doesn't really get my blood going. Yeah, it doesn't just it doesn't make me excited yet. Okay. But anyway, so but we do have a Wolverine reveal at the end. Um, so what do you think? Do you agree with Aaron? Do you think that's kind of a whiff, a, a whiff, a whiff? It's a whiff, a strikeout, a weak, a weak cliffhanger, or do you, were you kind of excited to finally see him a little bit? No, because I feel like it's so anti-Wolverine. Well, unless he's a bad guy or whatever. Right, yeah. and which I'd be really upset about, but. It won't last if he is. I mean, he'll break free, but. Yeah, we can hope. <laughs> um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I. So let me say this: I don't, I don't really care much here nor there for Cipher. I'm sorry for all you hardcore New Mutant fans. I know he's a, a beloved character uh, for a lot of you guys. I just kind of, I've always thought he was just kind of mediocre. Right. Um. I, <laughs> I'll put it this way: I thought his best story was when he died, because it was real. Like actually seeing his teammates react to that was so emotional. Right. Um, but anyway, that's so I don't as worried, not as worried about that as much. But I think it'll be interesting. Whatever is going on with Wolverine, the idea of a Wolverine caliber character hunting Daredevil and Misty Knight that could be cool. Yeah. Because the action that could come from that could be cool. Um, you know, Daredevil with his heightened senses, Wolverine with his heightened senses, but different. Um, you know they've had some interaction in the past. It's been pretty cool. So I think that if we don't, whatever this character ends up being, whether it's really Logan, whether he's mind controlled, whether it's evil a clone Logan. or whatever, I hope we get to see him and Daredevil square off. Right. Otherwise, I'll be a little disappointed. And I'd like to see Misty evolve too. I don't care about Frank, but he's not a bad character. I just. There's nothing like, oh, yeah, I, I need to see him fight Wolverine because, you know, whatever. But I would love to see, I, I kind of needed this book at some point for Wolverine to fight Daredevil and Misty. Or, yeah. I'll, or I'll think the book is a bust. No, I agree. All right, cool. Well, now, up next, we have the Adamantium Agenda, number two, uh, written by Tom Taylor, penciled by R.B. Silva, inked by Adriano De Benedetto, colors by Guru Effects. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the cover again by Greg Land, this time with Rain Barreto doing the colors. I love this cover. We have a maniacal battle-torn Wolverine with his claws through Iron Man's mask, holding it up in like big action lines and bombastic colors. I think this is a fantastic cover. It's pretty sweet. I only have one critique on it. What's that? <laughs> So Wolverine's cowl, right? Is ripped. Mm-hmm. It's ripped, so a little bit of his hair is showing at the top. Uh-huh. But I just feel like it it's like um Oh, what is that movie? Fifth Element? Who's the guy and his head shaved except he has a little puff of hair? Oh. Uh see this to me is classic comic book, especially for fans of the nineties, because everyone always got their costumes ripped up. I 
I really think of like the Eric Larson and Tom McFarlane Spider-Man where he always had hair popping out of his mask. Um, so yeah, it was a nice callback to me, but so I, I kind of liked it. And plus I like the way that the way the mask ripped and where his hair goes, you see it making the little Wolverine tip. Right. And so I, I don't know. And just his facial expression. Just this oh, cover is great. His face is amazing. Yeah. And I love the, the, so possible the pose. I love the action. Yeah. yeah. Possible cover of the year? Possibly. Okay. If they make him evil, no. <laughs> you can't blame the cover artist for what the writers decided to do. He's not even drawing the book. I know. Yeah. All right. Well, so I remember last time in this book, uh, we had that story about Wolverine sacrificing himself and the heroes promising not to let anything happen to him should he die. The heroes being, in this case, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got word. Uh, well, first of all, Kitty came to Iron Man and said, hey, someone took his body or his body got out or whatever. Right. And so this team was going to help. And they got word that someone had a big black market superhero genetic code. <gasps> so our heroes went to, to try to buy it. They went down on a submarine and turns out the, the secret genetic code was Daniel Cage, Luke and Jessica's daughter. And, right. of course, that did not sit well with them. And so that's where we pick up. So what happens in this book? So <clears throat> the book starts off um, years ago, but it doesn't mm-hmm. say how many years no, ago. Yeah, that's just a general time in the past when Wolverine was on the New Avengers. And they're in Tribeca, and there's obviously some fight. That has gone on. Well, the bomb went off. Oh. oh this yeah. is after the explosion, and they're Sorry. looking for Wolverine's body. Right, and Spider-Man uh, goes to I- or calls Iron Man and says, "Have you found him?" And he says, "No, not yet. I'm searching." And they yawned. Yeah, they yawned. <laughs> um. And then this hand pops out, which is actually, this is a very cool panel. It is, great. With the claws. And he's like, Logan, Logan, let me help you. And Iron Man's trying to pull everything out. And he's, Iron Man tells Spider-Man, I don't, I don't think he's going to make it. Yeah, they, they find him barely there, Wolverine. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you see Wolverine's eyes open up. One's this brilliant blue. The other one's like this hazy... Blood. Reddish yeah. gray. Yeah, and he growls, and we get an awesome snicked. And then next thing you know, he slices up through Iron Man's head. Yeah, just and just like the cover. Yeah, and uh, and it Wolverine himself is gnarly. Like you can see his sternum and his rib cage. And yeah, he got he got blasted pretty good. Yeah, and Spider Man's yelling Tony, and then this Ferrari comes out of the middle of nowhere. And Tony Stark's like, yeah. Yeah, he rolls the window down. He's like, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and he basically explains that it Iron Man's sort of on autopilot. Yeah. Um, He's like, I wasn't going to go in there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what we got? We got a snack. We got a snack. <laughs> it's been over a year since we had a snack. <laughs> so we got one. Um, so it's automatically in contention for snack of the year. Yep. But it's a pretty cool one, too, because... Wolverine kind of comes to his senses because Iron Man is like, Logan, it's okay. And he's like, Tony? Oh, crap, snack. <laughs> yeah. But then it's cool because then they, they sit and they just kind of talk. And Logan actually has a very 
touching moment right yeah, here. It does. And he, he's talking to Iron Man and he says, you know, um, people do things to me to try and get me to do experiments on me. I've been experimented on my whole entire life. If I were to die, that wouldn't stop people. They'd still want to experiment on me. So you need to make sure that if and when I die, y- you make sure that nobody can do experiments yeah. on me. Well, I think it's important that it's Iron Man. I think it can maybe also have been Reed Richards, but it's important to have this type of character that he tells us to, as opposed to maybe just saying to the X-Men. And you can maybe throw Beast in that category too. Right, or but Storm. So- Maybe? No, no, not where okay. I'm going. But Sorry. um no, it's okay. I I think intimacy level, yes. Yeah. But I think it's important for him to tell someone to appeal to their scientific side because he knows that even with good intentions they would be tempted to try to do something. Right. Because they you know, 'cause they're kind of, you know, mad scientists. Right. So you your Tony Starks, your Reed Richards, your Beast. Yeah. Um, okay, I see. Who are the super brains would be tempted to try to even do, even if it was beneficial, even if it was maybe to try to like make a medicine or something, like right. they would try to do something. He's like, no, I, I, when I'm gone, all trace of me has to be gone so that no one can, I can't be in the wrong hands. Right. Like my genetic material. <laughs> yeah. And so, and Tony happened to be the closest super brain at this time, so he's the one that makes a deal with, and Tony, of course, agrees, and we go back to the present in the black market sub. Yep. <coughs> and Jessica and Luke are freaking out because uh, obviously their daughter's DNA is being sold. And Tony's kind of in on the the bidding. Uh, Luke and Jessica are trapped in yeah, the... Yeah, they're in the room because only one buyer was allowed to go out for each right. group. I actually thought what Tony did was really cool here. Yeah. Because he's going to use like his disposable wealth and... You know, try to remedy the situation by just buying it back. Yeah. Instead of blowing their cover or making a fight, he knows that. I think he understands they're probably really mad, but he just tries to be a good friend and say, "No, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to buy it back." And, yeah. And he's able to, but someone makes him. What do you mean, someone makes him? So this character here in this almost Valkyrie-ish costume. Um, realizes that he's talking into a comlink and so he gets made and he's worried about it. I don't think she you makes missed that him. part. Yeah. Well she says this is not what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. But I just thought she then, meant like No, but Tony says over here, um what does he say? Um yeah, so he bids, he wins it. But over here. Oh, I listened to that little voice in your yeah, ear. Yeah, right. Okay. okay. Sorry, I jumped the gun. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I thought she was referring right. to right. the DNA, like that that wasn't the person she was hoping. Yes, and that will come into play. So she was okay. also looking for something else. Right. And we'll find out who that is later. Um Okay, sorry that we've jumped around. Yeah. But I mean the nutshell is is Tony buys the DNA. Right. And then he's the the bitter is like, Okay, I guess it's sold. <laughs> right. He's disappointed that 
And then he only got 30000 for it. Right. Which is chump change for Tony Stark. And so um, then Spider-Man is, I guess, talking to him as well through the calm link. Yeah, they have some science nerd time. Yeah. Uh, Jessica loses patience with them. <laughs> yeah. And then Bird Lady. Yeah, that's when she says she lets Tony know that she's on to him. And Tony's like, all right, someone made me. And then they take the DNA back to the room to conclude the cell. But somebody else is mad. They show up, and who is it? Why? Mr. Sinister. Sorry. I was was about to say Dr. Strange, and I knew that wasn't right, (laughs) but that was the only name that wanted to come out of my mouth. Right. And I didn't want to say it because you'd be like, that's wrong. (laughs) And I knew it was wrong. (laughs) Sorry. Sinister. Yeah. And whoever the seller is, he's mad that he stole his work. And so our heroes are going to try to fight back. But they blow a hole in the submarine. I love this sequence here. So how do they how do they clog the hole? Why? Like any normal couple would clog a hole. <laughs> <laughs> you shove your husband in it. <laughs> right. And Luke seals it because his body can handle the pressure. And then Spider-Man webs him up and he says, I am not a permanent solution to this problem, which is a great line for Luke Cage. Um <laughs> I really did think fun. that was funny. So Sinister is continuing to try to choke out the cellar. He gets blasted by Iron Man. Doesn't do much good. And then our mysterious um, other person who was interested in buying some DNA and the one who made Tony and who, who I just realized is wearing, I believe, you know, they're all wearing like masks and fake costumes. Right. This is a Phoenix Cyclops visor with Thor helmet wings. Yeah. So, interesting. Then we hear a snicked. A snicked, yeah. And And then a great last page. So, it's Wolverine. Yeah, Laura Laura. Wolverine. And she has chopped off Sinister's hand. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. (laughs) Yep. What a nice surprise. I was glad to see her show up in this book. Yeah, I was too. I, I enjoyed her being in it. It really is like, because the first issue was, was awesome. And yeah. this book was awesome, but like Tom Taylor's like, how can I take this up to the next level? Oh, I know. I'll bring Wolverine along. Yeah. <laughs> and so he does, and it's awesome. Um, what do you think of the art in this book? Mm. Really? Oh, I loved well, it. I, I, okay, I did. I I loved it. I just haven't decided if I like... How Wolverine is drawn in the back. Really? I just, I, I go back and forth. Okay. I think it's the perspective. Possibly. Because it's, it's looking up. The claws are a little thin for my taste, but other than that, I think well, it's pretty they, great. They, they look like they're three miles too long. Oh, the claws. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah people play with the claw length all the time. I've kind of gotten where I don't pay as much attention. <laughs> oh. But... Yeah, it's just like the little line on the chin, but I'm trying to decide if that's just because it's it's drawn as if the viewer is down low. Right. Looking up. And yeah. so it's the things that are supposed to give you those visual contexts that that's the angle you're looking at, that that's what's bothering me. But 
I mean, it's not enough for me to go, oh, this art was awful. Right. No, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought the colors were great. Um, what do you think of the story? I'm actually enjoying this story. I don't think I was enjoying it at first. You gave the first one like six out of six claws. Did I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to remember back and I was like, did I, was that the one I felt like was too slow? No, no. It no, was really okay. fun, action-packed. Okay. This is by far our favorite book of these. Of these. This is what happens when I read too many comic books in a <laughs> row. I start to question like, okay, was this the one that was really wordy and I got really bored or... Um, no, I enjoyed this one, though. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was a darn near-perfect comic book. Um, but I don't think I enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed Weapon Lost. Really? I think I might have enjoyed Weapon Lost a hair more. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, obviously, I'm in the middle of my man crush on Tom Taylor as far as a comic book writer. Um just I don't think you've ever gotten off your man crush. <laughs> I can't even say you're in the middle. I like him a lot. I think he's a great writer. And so it's hard for me to, I don't know, say anything negative And I don't have anything negative to say. So I thought the character interaction was lovely. Um, I was excited to see Laura show up um, in her Wolverine digs. Right. Um Kind of wish Gabby had been there, but I can understand why she might not be the best undercover agent. <laughs> well, and I, and to be honest. And she would have blown the mission wide open. I realized uh, later I got excited. I thought that was Jonathan the Wolverine or Jonathan the. Oh, the coat? Name? Yeah. And then I remembered she was wearing a furry coat and I was like, oh, that That's is funny. not Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan the Invincible or whatever he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um. Aaron also had some thoughts on this one. You want to read them? Sure. So he, and I agree with this, said, This is by far the best book. Taylor and Silver are killing it. Love the art and colors. Story is very intriguing. Again, this feels like a proper team book. If you look at the fact not not much action has happened yet, but it keeps you interested and wanting more. Now let's talk about that cliffhanger. As opposed to the other one. That was awesome. <laughs> I was wondering who that was and what a great surprise. You know, and he didn't say this, but I'm going to interrupt for just a second. Her kind of stalking around in the costume and kind of having these little sparse lines of dialogue. Right. And then revealing herself to be Wolverine at the end and say, kind of saving the day. That whole thing, I can't think of like a specific moment, but it just felt very Star Wars to me. Yeah, I could see that. But um, anyway, yeah. So he said, "I really hope that Laura stays on the team for this story." I agree. Um, <laughs> he said, "I also got to give Sinister a hand for showing up as well." I know, bad joke. Uh, so best panel of the book was hands down Laura standing over Sinister with his hand cut off. He agrees with you that her claws are a bit too long, but not enough to ruin the panel. So he said his score is a solid six out of claw. Oh no, sorry. He said it would have been six out of claw, six claws, but he had to take one away because the earpiece dialogue between the heroes during the auction was a bit hard to follow at times. I can see that. And he had to go back and reread parts of it to understand it. I had to, too. Right? So he said overall five claws. At this point, he could care less if they stopped the other books. This one does it all for him. <laughs> Interesting. I do agree with him that, that this is a great team book. 
Yeah, and, and it feels like a good team. Like they feel yeah. like fluid. Yeah, and Taylor really plays on their history together. Um, yeah, Luke and Jessica as a couple is is fun in this book. Um, so I agree. So he gave it five out of six claws. So he came down one. Where where are you gonna land on number two? Well, I had a number in mind. Then after you read Aaron's critique there were a lot of things i agreed with which made me reevaluate <laughs> my score i'm gonna give it four out of six i okay. originally was gonna give it three oh wow out of six really well because i, it, I don't it, even understand that well wait let me <laughs> let me give you my thought process behind it okay. originally i was gonna give it four out of six but then i was like well i enjoyed reading weapon loss more than i enjoyed reading this one okay you gave Weapon Lost a three, so it's weird to go above it. Right. So I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll just give it a three as well. But, you know, listen to Aaron, this is a great team book. Um, because I love that it's not one. I kind of feel like in Weapon Lost, Daredevil's kind of running it. And you've got the other guys on the team as well. Um, but this one is a great team book. And I do love the interaction. And I do love all those little pieces mm-hmm. where Laura says, you know, you might, that little voice in your earpiece and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Not knowing it was Wolverine till the end, I could look back and say those were very Wolverine They were, right? Comments. Like she was obviously disappointed that the DNA was not Wolverine. Right. She went there for the same reason that they did. Right. Was in the same place for the same reasons, had the same disappointment, and busted Tony Stark, but not in an antagonistic way. Right. And so, yeah. So I didn't realize either who it was going to be, but it does totally make sense. Yeah. So, anyway, that's why it's going to get four out of six. I I would like to give it a higher score. However, Aaron's right. I did have to read that earpiece section a couple of times because it was like, what? <laughs> what? Well, how funny. do they know? So, anyway. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep this book at six out of six claws for me. Um, but, you know, Aaron, not only are you listening, you're influencing the show. You changed Denise's score. So um, That's hard to do. Yeah. So, big ups for that. You should be proud. And also, if anybody else wants to write in and talk about the books, maybe y'all can have influence on the show as well. So you can be interactive. So that that's my that's my plug. If anybody else wants to, to write in, but uh, Aaron, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And I think we'll have one more book that we'll talk about in a minute. Um. So yeah, so I definitely agree that this is the best book. Um. I think we both didn't come down quite as hard on Weapon Lost, so I'm not ready to ditch all the books yet, but the two we just talked about are definitely the two most interesting. I agree. (laughs) So I apologize for the back half of the show. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of the back half. Right. So next up, we have The Claws of a Killer, number two. This is written by Mariko Tamaki, with pencils by Butch Geis and Mac Shader, inks by Cam Smith and Mac Shader. Uh, colors by Dan Brown, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the cover is by Greg Land and Jason Keith. 
Now, you know, I talked about Greg Land does his own version of the characters. Right. He's doing the classic short hair saber tooth on the cover, whereas on the inside, and right now in current continuity, we have long haired pro wrestling saber tooth. Um, but this cover, I think, is actually pretty good. Um, I like the color work on it. I like that it has Jason real big with an exclamation point on it. Um, <laughs> but it's basically Sabretooth cutting through some zombies and Lady Deathstrike jumping in the background. Um, the only thing maybe don't love is we have our typical Greg Land uh, super cleavage, almost helping Lady Deathstrike fly. <laughs> but um, other than that, I think it's a pretty great cover. Yeah. What do you think of the cover overall? Um, She's scowling. No, it has a Tony Moore feel to it. Minus, obviously, Lady Deathstrike's boobs. Huh. Okay. Just that... I kind of see that a little bit, and I, I think where you're getting that is from the inking, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Um, like the, the harsh outlines around the zombies and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. And just that feral look in the the zombies' eyes and the... Right. Yeah. Okay. So remember in this last time, uh, Wolverine started The Walking Dead. Yeah, would you like me to summarize this one in one sentence? Uh, X-Force, Weapon X, Walking Dead got continued. Oh, you summed it up even faster than I did. <laughs> I was just going to say Sabretooth got bit and doesn't understand why he can't heal anymore. Uh -huh. And Dawkins un knows why he can't heal anymore. But doesn't tell us. Right. <laughs> so we still have this the green <laughs> green laser thing that does something in this town um, in some state. Uh, oh, is it Arizona? Did they even tell us? Yeah, they do. It's, uh... Ah, oh, jeez, where is it? Anyway, some some town. <laughs> oh, and seemingly abandoned desert town, whatever. So the healing factors quit working when they get bit by the zombies. They keep shooting off this zombie laser. Hope I think they're trying to make something else happen. But every time they reanimate the people, they just turn into zombies. So Deathstrike and Sabretooth are having issues. Um, Sabretooth can't locate the smell. Then he smells. The town stinks. He realizes it's zombies. They eventually decide, hey, we got to get out of here. This is crazy. And they're going to leave Dawkins behind, but the car blows up. Dawkins gets free. We have this whole attack team. Um... It's turning everyone into zombies, but I guess they have some kind of suit or something that protects them. Um, and there's some fighting, and then Dawkins jumps out a window to be continued. So what do you think of the art in this book? It should have just said the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there were... There were panels that I thought were decent, and then there were panels that I was like, oh, this is funky. Yeah. Um, I like Butch, Butch Geis in general. I don't like his art in this series so far. Yeah. I and I also like Mariko Tamaki in general. I don't like her writing in this series so far. No, 
I, I I don't think this story has anything interesting at all about it. No, and I actually was kind <laughs> of excited about it because you know it was Walking Deadish, and I'm worried because this this is the writer that's taking over X23. This is scary. Yeah, and she, I mean I have hope still because she's done really good stuff. Like her Hulk book was awesome, um, but I just I don't I don't know what she's trying to do here. Um, so Aaron said, <laughs> "Claws of a Killer Number Two, yeah, sucked the big hairy left toe. Nothing about it was good. Such a letdown. Uh, the sad truth, I buy the other two books because I'm a Wolverine freak, but I don't know about this one. And <laughs> they really dropped the ball. He gave it one claw and thought that was being too generous. Um, he said <laughs> that it only got one claw in the hopes that Dawkins takes a faceplant jumping out the window. LOL." <laughs> So he hopes Dawkins gets hurt, and that's his only. <laughs> Why is um, it the left toe and not grace. the right toe? Why you gotta pick on left-handed people? <laughs> what does being left-handed have to do with toes? You said it sucked my big left toe. Yeah. And I'm just curious, and what made the left, left toe so worse than the right toe? My left toe is way prettier than my right toe. <laughs> no, stop. <laughs> Don't encourage yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, he gave it one out of six claws. What are you going to give it? Claws I, of a killer number two. Can I truly, like, declaw? Declaw, like a declawed cat? Yeah. Okay, uh, you can give it zero. Yeah, it's getting zero. It's okay. awful. All right. Um, I will give it... Save your money. Oh, yeah, definitely don't buy this, people. Yeah. <laughs> this one's going up on eBay, especially, I'm sure. <laughs> especially if you like The Walking Dead, because there's no comparison. No. None of the gravitas, none of the character development, nothing. Nothing. Um, gosh, I don't think the art, I don't think the art was bad enough for me to say one. Um, yeah, I'm going to go two out of six. I, I think. What? Fine, one out of six claws. Y'all convinced me. See, Aaron, you're 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 guiding the ship on this episode. Um, all right, so that's gonna take us to our last book, um, Mystery and Madripoor number two, um, written by Jim Zub, art by Tony Silas, art by Felipe Sobrero, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, cover by Greg Land, Jay Shh, listen, and Jason Keith. And on this cover, we have the movie Ghost. And but, if I knew the song but, to But starring melody. Patch and Storm yeah. instead of... Um, uh, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Yes, those two. Both of which are super relevant. <laughs> we had a discussion the other night about how worthless I think that movie is. But... Um, <laughs> And I, when we when we decided that Patrick Swayze's career was just because he had a nice butt, yes, yeah, shook that little tush. Yep. No, he was. I mean, he was a handsome dude. Rest in peace. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we have a ghost patch giving a a back hug to Storm. It's a very it's a weird cover. Weird, <laughs> slightly it's, molesty. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad. I don't know. His claws are out, so I don't think he's grabbing. Oh, but but, it, but why are his claws out? 
Like, why? So you know who he is? <laughs> I guess. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, pirate yeah. Wolverine. I could have put that out. <laughs> I don't know. Patch. It's just patch. The cover is weird, and it gave me weird vibes. And then when you open the comic book, the whole rest of the comic book just gives you completely even weirder vibes. Yeah, you really hated this first issue. I oh, and I hate this one. Okay. I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah, so what happens then? Or do you want me to run through it? Run through it. Okay. So Kitty's remembering her Kitty and Wolverine miniseries where they went to Japan to fight Ogun and how she really connected to who Wolverine was and what he was willing to do for the people he loves. Um, right. How he's willing to even sacrifice his own soul and well-being to protect his friends and how she kind of learned from that. And so while she's thinking about that, she's phasing Domino and Jubilee down into the Madripoor sewers Domino luckily only got a flesh wound. That's her luck power. Kitty uh, ties off the wound with her pants. Um, and Jubilee pops a couple of fireworks just to remind us that she can. And then our new femme fatalities with Viper who are Mind Blast, Knockout, the newly minted Snake Whip. And then later we'll meet the rest. Um, they're with uh, Staffire Stick. Sapphire, Sapphire Sticks, and they have the real, they, they pretended to be Magneto last issue, now they have the real Magneto in a glass cage, a lot of the X-Men movies, um, Mind Blast is trying to play with his head, um, we get a classic Storm is captured and she can't do anything but subconsciously she's making it rain outside, um, Viper talks to a mysterious benefactor who says don't let Sapphire Six get out of control and they decide to come up with a plan to try to calm her down. She wants to eat Psylocke's spirit but Psylocke appears to already be dead. Um, our other heroes get down to their undies and rub each other's backs I guess. I don't know. Um, in Wolverine's hideout. Kitty makes a joke about wearing an eye patch and they decide they have to hide in plain sight. So they barely wear costumes. Um, they barely wear clothes. Well, Jubilee's wearing a yellow jacket instead of a yellow raincoat. Domino emos her hair a little bit. And Kitty puts on a scarf. So there's there's their <laughs> disguises. Um, they walk around. They interrogate some people. Doesn't really do anything for them. They're going to go to this club. Where they see Bloodlust guarding uh, a person. But we do find out what happened to Bloodlust. She lost her mutant powers on M-Day. Remember I had said that she like was supposed to be like a mutant. There was a cross between like Lady Deathstrike and Black Cat. Right. And by the way, we recently talked about her first appearance with Mr. John Wilson in our most recent flashback episode. So go check that out if you want. It's kind of coincidence how it's all... How sometimes what we're reading in the books ties into what we're doing in the flashbacks. But um, anyway, this is kind of a random coincidence, I guess. Um, anyway, they decide to attack uh, uh, Bloodlust. My, the, favorite, the best part about this book, hands down, is Domino slamming Bloodlust into the casino table after Kitty phases the bad guy through the table. And she goes, oops, look like my phasing powers don't work as well as Kitty's do. Oh, still no phasing. Nope. Oh, wait. I don't think I have phasing powers at all. And she just repeatedly bangs Bloodlust into the table. By far my favorite part of the book. I thought it was funny. It is. But it's the only funny part <laughs> of the book. And then exactly 17 minutes later, 
they scare this guy into telling the truth. Um, then we go back to the base where Rogue is trying to break out of the thing. Uh, Sapphire, I keep saying Sapphire Six. Uh, Sapphire Sticks comes back to Psylocke, but there is Patch with the tiniest little bow tie. So tiny. All right, what do you think of the art? Awful. Not good. I don't like it. I thought um, it was awful. I a guy drew this or a girl? Tony Silas. I'm assuming is probably a guy. Okay. I don't. I don't know them, so I, I don't just know. <sighs> okay, I'm gonna get on my. It's not as bad as the last one. I don't think. <sighs> I don't know, honey. <laughs> like. Go ahead and talk right into that microphone. What? What'd you say? So go ahead and talk right into the microphone. I am going to talk right into the microphone because okay. I'm going to give this guy a piece of my mind. <laughs> I really want to know where was his mindset and what concept was he trying to give to dress these women the way that he did? I think some of it is just supposed to be stylish. Like Domino's suit with a little like weird tuxedo shirt thing yeah but it's buttoned down below her boobs like it barely holds her in no not for domino um i'm not i'm not, you're trying to put me in a weird position where i don't want to defend this guy but i don't think because where she is oh right no there. you're right there's a boob window okay the classic comic book boob window yeah and you're then right. sorry Jubilee, at one point, her pants are so low, like, there's no flipping way she's even walking. No, th this is 90s sensibility. Right. It's and not in a good way. No, and I just, I, would, I wouldn't want Ethan to read this book. Sp specifically, the story has nothing to do with why I wouldn't want him to read it. I wouldn't want him to read it because this completely objectifies women. Um, I believe in a strong woman. I believe that women should fight for what is right. And I, yeah, you know, I'm going to, I don't want to cut you off. I want to echo you because okay. I agree with what you're saying. This team, right? this cast of characters and the specific villains that are fighting should be really good. Right. And I think, and a more sensible artist, and not to mention just a plain better artist, because it's not just that there's lots of, of cleavage and, and stuff like that. It's just not that good. No, it's not. Um, you know, I, I don't even know, because originally I, I'm almost certain, and I guess I could go back and look, but I'm just not going to. I'm almost certain that the original solicitations had Chris Piccolo on this book, I don't know if his style would have really fit this story, so I understand maybe where the change came. But I would definitely prefer to this. You know what? Who I'd really so Jim Zub worked with Sean Isaacs on um, the end of Uncanny Avengers, and that was a dream team. And I think he can nail these characters. I know he's busy. He's busy kicking ass on Champions, and so I don't want to take him off that. Right. But some some something in that vein. Of that style, uh, maybe uh, 
Oh, who else is kind of in that school of thought? Um, and you have Pere Perez. Um, oh, gosh. Who am I trying to think of? I don't any, know. Any of the guys that did Avengers No Surrender, take any one of those guys, put them on this book, and it is a solid, almost really good book. Because the writing, I think, is, is fairly strong. It's, the art is where this book falls apart for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, I, I'm not kidding you. When I got to them in their underwear, like <laughs> rubbing each other's backs or whatever they're doing, I was like, I I'm, think Kitty is addressing Domino's wounds, but it's it's a it's a weird scene. But they're all in their underwear, right? Like I, as you do, I yeah, <laughs> I get if you know one of them has to take their clothes off so that. Kitty can hit, heal the wound or, you know, do whatever, take care right. of it. But they don't all have to be in their underwear. Because I promise you guys, girls do not come home and get in their underwear and hang out. That is not. Well, I agree with you, but if we didn't have kids. <laughs> okay, first off, it would be with you. Right. No. All right, let's not. Yeah. Georgie already got on to uh, uh, me for sharing too much. Let's just say... That's also because you didn't say I said it sarcastically. <laughs> anyway. Go, like, wait, see, wait, say Twitter for all wait, that. Wait. Wait. Let's no, no, back, no. Let's back no, up No, I second. don't want to talk about this. Yes. No, it's I, weird. Can I? No one wants to listen to this. Can I just say how I actually said it? Sure. <laughs> you said, oh, goody. No, I went... A sex painting. I <laughs> went... You're making a sex painting. I went, oh, Goody, they're making a sex painting. <laughs> That's exactly how I said it. But Jason goes on Twitter. I and thought it, it was it hilarious. <laughs> That's why. Right. Except you make it sound like I said it like, oh, goody. Right. Uh, yeah. I, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So we were. I was. I was tweeting. We've been. We're finally watching Jessica Jones season two, and um, uh, was episode six has some funny, some funny supposed to be sexy moments that are just hilarious. So anyway. anyway, that's that. But anyway, um, I I can think of about a dozen artists who can make this book good, and it's, it's too bad none of them were available. I guess. I just, and then the last page with Patch, where what's her face is like in his lap. That's Psylocke. so. Yeah, Psylocke is in in Patch's lap. Um, with lots of side boob. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's creepy and it's, it's awful. And this book is going to get neutered and declawed. <laughs> okay. All right. So what are you going to give Mystery and Magipaw? I, I'm literally two? giving it no claws. Zero like claws. That, that's okay. how repulsed I was by this book. <laughs> wow. Don't read 90s stuff. No, I probably couldn't. I'd, I don't think you could. Um, you have to understand, in the 90s, I was reading collections of the old Dick Tracy <laughs> comics. Not bad. Um, okay, well, I mostly agree with you on the art. Um, mostly agree with I me? thought it was a little bit better than issue one, but not, not by much. much. I'm struggling though because I I do actually think the story is good. 
Um, How can you get through the story with such bad art? I don't know. That's the part that was hard for me. Was it was hard to read because I was constantly distracted with what the freak does he think he's doing? <laughs> like, why did he draw that? I guess I've just seen enough of it over a lifetime of reading comics that I'm a little less shocked by it. You're desensitized. I'm desensitized to comic boobies. Um, and uh, I just want to say I get it. It's it's the way somebody draws it. It's their preference of drawing it. They don't. In their head, they probably don't mean for it to objectify. Or um, I think it depends, and I don't. I don't know this guy. I'm so trying I to give him the right. benefit of the doubt. And there are definitely beefcake artists. In fact, there's some lines of comics, and that's all they do. Like, um, I forget what they're called, but they have like the the grim, grown up fairy tales. Right. Um, oh, Xenomorph comics. Like that's just what they do. It's just beefcake. Right. It's just, you know. Girls with, with short skirts where you see their panties and, you know, stuff like that all the time. Um, and, there, and there's even some mainstream artists who lean in that direction, not to cast aspersions on anyone because he's actually a good artist. But like Frank Cho, just he, he unabashedly just kind of likes drawing men and women, just kind of beefcakey. Right. <laughs> you know, as wearing no shirts and, you know, lo- lots of pecs and cleavage and. And butts on both sexes, and you know that's just kind of what they do. It's their thing, and I mean, it's not my thing. I'm not gonna say there's never a place for it, but I'm I'm with you though. This is a book that should be mostly accessible to everybody. I I just don't know right. if this is the right place for that art kind of art. I I just feel like if a a teenage girl picked this up, you know. Well, hey, let's let's send the call out. If you're listening to the show and you're a teenage girl, reach out to Denise and let her know what you think. Do you think she's right on the money? You're like, oh, no, it didn't bother me at all. Like, whatever your take is, let us hear it. Yeah. What I don't need is, like, other 40-year-old guys writing in and saying, oh, it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, but I know on this show I'm... I'm going to be the first one that the minute some characters' boobs are too big or their costumes cut too low or whatever, I'm going to be the first one to be like, I don't like this. Right. And part of it's because I'm a girl. Part of it's because we we have friends who have young girls mm-hmm. and some of and in different stages. You know, some are in their 20s, some are younger. And I see them see stuff and go, oh, I have to wear this because this is cool. And it's like, oh. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, body issues and all that are real, real issues. Um, So definitely don't want to downplay that. Um, All right, so you gave this zero. I think there's enough story there. I'm going to give it two out of six, but all of that's for the writing. Um. So, there you go. With that... Alright, so theory. Okay. I don't actually think this is going to happen, but the last page of this book made me worry. Um, Because what this reminded me of, in a weird way, was in the 90s, speaking of 90s again, after Superman died, was dead for a little while, we had the return of Superman with the reign of Superman. 
there was a big thing where these four characters came out, and you're supposed to guess which one was the real Superman, and turned out none of them were. But um, anyway, that was the whole. Excuse me. The whole thing was to try to figure out which one was Superman. Um, and I kind of am wondering if there's going to end up being like, like each of these series has their own Wolverine. Like there's four Wolverines and none of them were the real Wolverine. Oh, I hope not. I hope not too. But when we saw like the psychopath Wolverine and Weapon Lost, and then now we see Patch. I think there's an out on the Patch. I think. This is a mind blast. You know, she made people think they saw Magneto. Right. I think she's making Sapphire Sticks see Patch because that would kind of put her back in her place. Right. And particularly that she sees... See, I actually think the idea of Psylocke being in his lap is important. I don't like the way it was drawn. Right. But I think it's like kind it's of like... hallucination. Like Patch, like the hallucination of Patch protecting Psylocke. Right. From, from Sapphire Sticks. And Mind Blast, they're using that to control her. Um, so I actually think that's probably an out. But I, it didn't, it did give me flashbacks to like, oh my gosh, there's going to be four different Wolverines. And that's why when they get to dead end, it's like all going to be like, well, I found Wolverine and he did this. And the other guy's going to be like, no, I found Wolverine and he did this. Right. Well, we found Patch and he did this. And then I'm going to cry. Um, <laughs> so I hope, Charles, so that's not what you're doing, but. You know, it's been done before, so I can't rule it out completely. Um, anyway, I would love Aaron, Georgie, anybody else, um, if you, even someone who's never written in before, write in and let us know, like, what are your theories? Where are we going to end up by the time we get to dead ends um, and get Swag, Swag, celebrate half these books and Swag through the other half? Um, where is that going to put us at the end? Um, and, you know, what do you... Has, has your thoughts on Wolverine's return changed? Um, I still kind of think he's probably like either mind-controlled or amnesiac or something. I'm voting evil. Evil. Like, evil. Like pure, in the know, just decided to be evil? No. Okay. Like something changed him. Oh, okay. Or, um, yeah. Yeah, death will do that to you. Death will make me evil. Well, just that, you know, maybe he went to hell and back. Like, you know. He's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just he's yeah. he's lost a piece of his soul. Like, that was the best description is that he'd, right. he'd lost his soul. Yeah. All right. Well, so what are your overall thoughts on how we progressed through Hunt for Wolverine so far? Ooh. So. We've had some good books and we've had some. Not so good books. Yep. So I'm going to say my opinion on the books has stayed pretty steady through the first two issues. I um, agree. Adamantium Agenda has been fantastic all the way through. Um, Weapon Loss has been solid but not great. And possibly, like Aaron said, a little slow. Um, Claws of a Killer has been pretty terrible. And then Mystery and Madripoor has had terrible art with a decent story. Okay. So that's kind of my overall quick review. So, all right, cool. Well, I don't know what will be next, but it'll be something fun. And so... Our mystery, uh, our, no, what did I call it? Our lost episode? 
last episode. It's still coming. We're only almost exactly a year late. <laughs> we really should do that before the baby comes. We need, we need to do it before Ethan gets back. Okay. Because we just started earlier. Yeah. So. We can put Ollie to bed and start it immediately. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that'll happen at some point. Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for phase. Let's say phase two or round two. Both. Oh. All right. Well, whatever I decide to title the episode, that's going to do it for round two of Hunt for Wolverine. So we'll probably wait and do this again. So we'll have, you know, regular episodes, but probably won't talk about Hunt for Wolverine until we have the next four books. So any closing thoughts, Denise? Um, Besides buy more Ovaltine? <laughs> no. Um, I, no. Okay. Well, there you have it. <laughs> so, Sorry. I was going to make another snippy comment about nah, this last book and just decided. To yeah. All right. So, everybody, for the podcast that goes snicked, that's us. You can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at snickcast. Show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. And that's going to do it. So until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. And, and snacked. snacked. In stereo. Oh, 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 oh.